welcome to episode 8 of the Who to Thunk It podcast with Zeb. This episode is about the 10 cent beer night, the infamous night that the Cleveland Indians baseball team um, threw one of the worst promotion ideas of all time. The date is June 4th, 1974, the location Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, the more I looked into this topic, the more I read about it, the better it got. Stories like 10 cent beer night make me proud to be an American. On a humid night in Cleveland, Ohio, the Indians baseball team hosted the Texas Rangers at Cleveland Stadium. But before we delve into 10 cent beer night, let's talk about the Midwest. In the late 60s and 70s, the city of Cleveland was falling victim to the crash of industrial factory shutdowns like most of the cities in the American Rust Belt. In Cleveland, there were 600 factories shut down, thousands of jobs were lost, poverty struck, then came the crime, and of course, that brought drug addiction with it. Uh, the city was not in a good time. The heavy industrialization and then abandonment of said industry led to mass pollution of the Cuyahoga River, hoping I pronounced that correctly, that runs right through the city of Cleveland. The river caught on fire more than once. And YouTube channel Weird History puts it like this, sending flames five stories high, the river was on fire, the city was a stick of dynamite, and the fuse was 10 cent beer night. End quote. On top of that, the Indians baseball team was horrible. And, and one week before 10 cent beer night, that fateful night of drunken glory, the Indians were playing against the Texas Rangers in Texas at Arlington Stadium. And this is the week before 10 cent beer night. Lenny Randall uh, for the, played for the Texas Rangers, slid into second base and in the fourth inning, hard enough to make the Indians mad, hit one of the Indian players, roughed him up a bit. In the eighth inning, Indians pitcher, Milt Wilcox threw a fast one right behind Randall's head in retaliation. It was an obvious threat. The next pitch, Randall bunts the ball towards first base. Wilcox, the pitcher, uh, runs to retrieve the ball, and as he is bending over to scoop the ball up, Randall is running full bore to first base. Randall straight up trucks the pitcher, laying him out. I saw a video of it. I'll put it in this description. Highly suggest you watch that video of this interaction uh, the week before 10 cent beer night. Randall then continues to first base, but John Ellis, the Indians first baseman greets Randall with a fist to the face. And there's a, there's a legit brawl, not one where people are standing around way wagging fingers and yelling at each other. People were getting into fist fights. The brawl that followed involved people being dragged across the ground, horrified screams from the stands and, you know, probably teeth being picked up from the field. It was a legit fight. The Arlington fans threw beer and food at the Indian players. Texas Rangers manager Billy Martin said he wasn't worried about retribution in Cleveland the next week because, quote, they don't have enough fans there to worry about. So, for game for the game in Cleveland the following week, things were heated. Uh, so much so that this game in Arlington sparked a rivalry between the two teams. So, because of that brawl, most say that there was a rivalry now. Brand new. It was a little baby rivalry between the Texas Rangers and the Cleveland Indians. Ten Cent Beer Night was a promotion the next week to get more fans to come to the game. Although Cleveland had held similar events in the past, they had Nickel Beer Night, believe it or not, in 1971. This game here, Ten Cent Beer Night, was the host to a perfect storm. Headlines in Cleveland read, Here's beer in your eye. Could be for Texas's Martin. Basically, headlines pointing out there was a huge fight last week. Texas manager basically insulted our entire city, so let's throw beer at him. Calling for fans to throw beer at the Texas manager. I said earlier the Indians were not very good at this time, so their tickets cost about 50 cents. So for 10-cent beer night, that means for $1, you pay 50 cents for a seat, 
And the other half of your dollar, you can get five 12-ounce beers. That is cheaper than the bars in the city. <laughs> so people coming to this, this game, 10-cent beer night, didn't necessarily have to be baseball fans. They could have just been beer fans. <laughs> and it was cheaper to get so, such. Oh, and the legal drinking age was only eight, 18 years old in 1974. So we have actual teenagers at this event getting very drunk. That year, the Indians averaged a few thousand fans in a game. But for 10-cent beer night... Uh, they all showed up in droves. 25,000 fans packed the stadium to the brim. That is over double what they ex they were expecting. They were expecting, you know, maybe 10,000 at the most for this promotion. The younger than average fan base that, that night brought their own firecrackers and purchased pockets of dimes worth of beer before even the first pitch was thrown. <laughs> With... Over double the expected turnout of for the night, the demand for beer was too high for the conventional means of serving it. The 12-ounce cups of Stroh's, that's right, Stroh's beer. Uh, my dad likes Stroh's. The Stroh's quickly had to be served out the back of a truck outside the outfield fence and just had a line to form waiting for the beer. The one, the one rule was there was a six-beer limit. Not six beers per person for the whole night, but six beers per person per trip. So people could just walk up with 60 cents, get six beers, chug them and get right back in line. And they were doing just that. In the second inning, the Texas Rangers took the lead. And at the same inning, a rotund middle-aged woman jumped from the stands, ran to the Indians on deck circle and flashed her breast to the entire crowd and everyone in the dugouts. She then attempted to kiss the head umpire this was only the second inning. The four, by the fourth inning, a man in the third base stands stripped off all his clothes except for his black socks. Holding his clothes in his arms, he leaped and streaked across the field, sliding into second base while Rangers' Tom Grieve hit his second home run for the night. Streaking was a lot bigger thing in the 70s, my, my dad tells me. And now if you streak, you get in all kinds of trouble. It's like pub, it's, uh, you're like a, a sex offender. For the rest of your life now. But back then, it was, ah, uh, you gotta spend the night in jail or something like that. The streaker tussled with the police, but they only came away with one black sock, and the fourth inning streaker got away. While fans were pelting the Rangers' first baseman, Mike Hargrove, with 15, quote, 15 to 20 pounds of hot dogs. That's Mike Hargrove said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was about 20 pounds. <laughs> Gauged it in an amount of pounds of hot dogs along with spit and empty uh, bottles of Thunderbird uh, wine he was getting pelted with, the truck filled with Stroh's beer was only being staffed by two scantily clad teenage girls. So 25,000 people, 25,000 drunk laid off people trying to get beer for 10 cents a pop. Only two girls, teenage girls, scantily clad, one to collect the money, one to pour the beer. Sounds perfect for over 25,000 fans. For this long, these two girls were put up with a very unruly crowd of drunk, laid-off factory workers. But when a group of fans tossed the table, being used to collect the money over the truck, those two girls decided it wasn't worth it and left. Can you blame them, though? Nonetheless, they abandoned a truck full of beer to an actual huge mob of drunkards. Ten-cent beer night was now basically free-for-all beer night. Fans started filling their own containers with beer, and some of them, the stone-cold savages that they were, just got right under the tap and let the golden nectar of Stroh's pour directly into their mouths. <laughs> it is only the fifth inning, 
And at this point, and a father and son tag team run out into the field, drop trow and moon the entire crowd. <laughs> Both teams were once again forced to watch helplessly while security attempted to detain the two naked men running around the baseball diamond. By the fifth and sixth innings, players from the game remember 20 to 30 fans jumping on the field from both the right and left field stands and running across the field. The Rangers were up five to nothing. Rangers manager Billy Martin called a conference with his pitcher. Quite a normal thing to do in baseball, but the it's like a timeout stops the game. But the Indian fans were mad that he was holding up the game. Not that they were. They're streaking and throwing things onto the field. Hot dogs, 20 pounds worth. So they chucked beers at Billy Har- or Billy Martin. And because the beer was 10 cents, why not throw a whole one on there? Or basically at this point, it's free. Billy Martin responded by blowing kisses at the fans, which incited them anymore, even more. So in the eighth inning, they threw cherry bomb firecrackers into the Rangers bullpen. And the umpire forced the Rangers to evacuate temporarily. Now, on SportsCenter, recap 40 years after the game, the interviews, the players of this game remember that the game was kind of hilarious and a fun event. It was ridiculous, but until um, mild explosives were thrown in their dugout, they weren't taking it as a joke anymore. It was getting kind of serious. The public address announcer at this point kindly asked the fans to not litter on the field. How do you think they responded? They threw like dump trucks worth of trash onto the field. Everything they could have, everything in their hands was then tossed onto the field. So no more announcements were made. The fans were calling the shots. They weren't even trying to make announcements. No one thought it would be a good idea to staff extra security for 10 cent beer night. So there was only 50 security guards for 25,000 people. They completely gave up on catching streakers at this point because they were way understaffed, way overwhelmed. The Rangers and Indians made it all the way to the ninth inning. This is nothing short of a miracle considering there were naked people running everywhere and stripping the padding from the left field wall and stealing bases right off of a major league baseball field. So you have people running around on a major league baseball field, a legit big league baseball field. They're ripping paddings off the wall. They're stealing bases. They're getting naked. They're trying to kiss the umpire and flashing their breasts. The ninth inning, the Cleveland Indians made a comeback trying to make Tying the game at 5-5. to With everything going on, the Cleveland fans finally had a decent game to watch. But the fans didn't care. They were too drunk. The haze of drunkenness was too thick. An Indian fan ran onto the field and tried to steal Ranger outfielder's Jeff Burrow's hat. The fan was interviewed later and found to have no malicious intent. He was mistaken by Burrow's as an attacker, though. He was just trying to take his hat, but Burrow's thought he was being attacked. With all the craziness going on, it's understandable. Burroughs kicked the fan in the leg, and when he did, he stumbled and fell to the ground. So the Rangers manager, Billy Martin, looked from his dugout and mistook the scene as a full-on attack on one of his players. Billy Martin, like a general in a battlefield, grabbed a bat, turned to his team and said, let's get them, boys. The entire Rangers team flooded the field and immediately found themselves having to defend against a full-on mob of fans. This sounds normal at this point, all the things I've been describing, But this is a major league baseball game, okay? We now have the entire team going out to basically search and rescue one of their players while the game's going on, ninth inning, tied up, okay? 
The mob of fans were are, are, so the entire Rangers team flooded the field and immediately found themselves having to defend themselves against a full on mob of fans. The mob of fans were armed with knives and chains and seats from the stadium that they had ripped from the floor in an amazing display of drunken strength. So it sounds like something out of West Side Story. No one has any guns, thank God, but they are armed with knives and chains. And some of these drunk, crazy people were ripping bolted seats out of the stadium to use as weapons on the field, on the baseball diamond. Uh, Ken Aspromonte, the Cleveland manager, recognized the Rangers players' lives were in danger, and he rallied his team, the Cleveland Indians, to run onto the field with their bats and fend off their own fans to fight alongside the Rangers. So the Rangers' first baseman said, had it not been for the Indian players coming out to help us, it would have been a real tragedy. The rivalry between Cleveland and Arlington that just started one week earlier had now been squashed. The players from each team were now side by side in a fight for their lives. For their lives. So their little baby rivalry, that's one way to squash a rivalry, I'll give you that. Have an entire mob of drunk, laid-off factory workers from Cleveland Ohio, what can I say? People were being fended off by professional Major League Baseball players armed with bats. It sounds like something out of a comic book. There was blood, three bases stolen. Umpire Nestor Shylack took a chair to the head. Someone threw a chair at his head, something you find in the WWE. All while this is going on, the organist never stopped playing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Take me out to the ball game. People are getting hit in the head with bats and chains and knives through the entire throughout the entire carnage. Take me out to the ball. <laughs> it's hilarious. All this is going on. It seems like absolute madness. The I was watching some videos of it. You can look them up. So the announcers were like, this is horrifying. There's screams of terror coming from the crowds. It looks like, you know, someone might die, possibly. All of a sudden, the lights go out. Tear gas is tossed into the field, and the Cleveland SWAT team bursts into the scene. They crack a few skulls and the mob just scatters. One SWAT team remembers um, 15 teenagers were left chanting on top of the Rangers dugout for the Rangers to return for a fight after everyone else had left. They were drunk. The SWAT member approached them and said, what are you doing? The Rangers are gone. Please stop trying to incite a fight. The teenagers responded by trying to punch him. And the SWAT guy <laughs> said, it didn't phase me. He hit like a girl. In the end, there were 60,000 beers consumed. 60,000 12-ounce strows consumed. 19 documented streakers. Just documented. There's probably more. Seven injuries that had to be treated at the emergency room. Nine arrests. And three bases that have never been returned to the Major League Baseball. And what did the wonderful city of Cleveland learn from this? Nothing. They learned nothing. They tried the same exact thing one month later. Gotta love it. Ten cent beer night. Credit. Uh, now this this is very important. The Cleveland Indians ten cent beer night. The worst idea ever. By Giants twenty seven. Read on Bleacher Report. Pretty interesting article there. Sports Center covered this. Like I said before, ten cent beer night. Forty years later. Great video to watch. And Weird History, which I think Weird History did a very entertaining and hilarious recap of this. Weird History's video, 10 Cent Beer Night, was a total disaster. Check it out, 10 Cent Beer Night. I'm not the biggest sports fan in the world. I I like playing them, watching them not as much. 
but 10 cent beer night, you better believe I would have loved to have been there that night. <laughs> uh, tune in next week to Who to Thunk It with Zeb podcast. Don't know what I'm going to do yet, but gosh, I love doing this. <laughs> 10 cent beer night.